Hi, and welcome to the very, very first Sons of Anarchy UK podcast. My name's Tim Coyd, and I'm your host. Joining me this week is Lee. Hi. Holly. Hiya. Bendy. Hello. You're kind of off like first three if we had like if we were forming a, a an MC, you'd be like the, the original first four. Three. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The UK originals, definitely. Absolutely. <laughs> first three, love it. <laughs> And so welcome to the podcast and thanks for joining us today and it's going to be a, a, a brilliant episode, I can feel it. It's our very first one and I know we're all really excited to get going. Okay, so tonight we're going to be focusing on our very first Sons of Anarchy character and that is Charming PD's very own Deputy Chief, David Hale. Here we go. Crow's been in this town since I was a kid. My old man was a county judge. Saw some of them catch their due, but for the most part, Clay and the others keep slipping through the legal cracks. Been chatting folks up last couple of days. Most of them get pretty quiet when I ask about Sons of Anarchy. Yeah, Clay, some of the locals convinced his brand of outlaw justice keeps away the corporate boogeyman. I'd say he's right. Franchise development charming is pretty much non-existent. Been uh, jonesing for a Starbucks since I got here. Sam Crow is in stonewalling growth by themselves. They get a lot of help. Some of it from inside this department. So, David Hale. Now, when you hear that name, what, what's the when we first say David Hale, what, what words come to mind? What, what do you think? Green car, All-American. Yeah, Unser calls him Captain America, doesn't he? Maybe a very um, British term that comes to mind is Jobsworth. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah, he really does stick to to the law, to the letter. He really well. Slightly ambitious. To. Yeah. Mm. And how do you feel about like what emotion do you have when you think of him? If you just saw him for once, you'd think one way. Yeah. As you got into the series and you saw how he was, and and then you saw more of the episodes you started to warm to him and you realised, yeah, okay, I'll, I'll give him that. I'll, I'll, yeah, fair enough. I'll let him off. But I really warmed to him. Own flaws and faults if you look at him. So what was it that, that really made you warm to him? Because I remember seeing him and kind of thought straight away, I'm not going to like this guy because he's going to be the one that's trying to get in the way of the MC doing what, what they want to do. Um, has that kind of, I think it's the job's worth the... Where, where Unser, who I guess we'll talk, we'll be doing an episode about at some point with a lot more um, relaxed approach, I think, is the, yeah. is really the mm. kindest way of yeah. putting that. I, I think it was because he, he did start off like that. So I think I was curious from the off as to where that character was going to go. But what changed it for me is when I could see his moral compass, it was, it was huge. Mm. And as soon as he got a sense and found out for sure, that Opie, for instance, was being fitted up. Uh, wow. I mean, I really warmed to him from that point onwards because I thought no matter if he is Captain America and he wants to do everything by the book, but mm. he was willing to sacrifice that part of him for injustice. And that was, yeah, that, that's when I really warmed to him, to be honest with you. Towards the end, I think season one or whenever it was. It follows on um, the the fact that Gemma, when she was attacked by the... Um, the Dashless, the, the bassist gang, he helps out the, the, the club in trying to get information and doing what he can. Yeah. 
yeah answer let let him in on the confidences because not everybody knows about it but answer let him know and then the fact that Gemma found out that he knew he didn't like that but he obviously he finally sort of helped the club now so mm. I think um, Hale and Unser interact with the law in two very different ways. I'd say Unser's, well, they're almost two sides of the same coin. You've got the older cop, the more experienced cop, but the also more laissez-faire, I suppose, the more relaxed. And then you've got the young kind of energetic and very stuck in his ways. He's still learning the ropes and he's very rigid in his role. And I think they provide an interesting perspective on two sides of the law, where I think Unser thinks of it as kind of a rough guideline for morality. I think David uses it much more stringently to guide his actions, but he does have flexibility when he does think the law undercuts some people's rights or, um, you know, undercuts their ability to exist in a way which is free, which uh, reflects the constitution in America, Mm. which is why I think he then finds himself in the dilemma when he realises things aren't as black and white as the motorcycle club are bad and the police force are good. There's shades of grey. I, I wonder whether Hale's character is what Answer became, or what Answer was when he was that age. You know, give Hale, if, if, he, if he lived for another 20 years, he'd be another one like Answer. He'd become jaded by it all and think, oh, just anything to a quiet life, just get peace. Mm. And so Unser's sort of a person that he's he's in two camps, but he's trying to he's trying to keep peace in both camps. And you think, well, maybe 20 years ago he was in Hale's position and felt the way he did. Mm. Um, and I think having grown up in Charming as well, I think it all started off with him being able to use his uh, position as you know the, the deputy chief to to really rid Charming of Sam Crow because morally they were everything that he did not want in his mm. beloved town of charming he he thought they were corrupt and uh, you know represented all that corruption but to see how all that pivoted when especially with Gemma of course when he found out an answer confided as you say Gemma Gemma had been raped and things and suddenly you know we, we start to, to find there was a little bit more to him than that I mean if I remember rightly he was a paper boy wasn't he and he used to deliver yes. papers to JT's house so he he knew Gemma, you know, he, he knew everybody. So suddenly that crowded in on him, I think. So that's why I, that's why I kept on warming to him, the way he mm. put everything aside so he could, you know, tap into that morality of his. I like that. Yeah. I think I quite like him, actually. I really do. Yeah. <laughs> I think as well it makes you wonder um, if maybe in another life David could have ended up one of the club members because surely, given his age, he would have grown up alongside... Jackson, no point. <laughs> so I think it's quite interesting that how different perspectives they have about charming. Um, mm. Although growing up very much in the same town, that and charming itself, I think, is a character in itself. Oh yeah, uh, I completely town. agree. Very much. Um, and how that they've got two completely different visions of what charming should be. Or perhaps the same vision, but two very different ideas about how that should be achieved. How to achieve it. It was quite early on. The first kind of flicker of there's something more about this guy was when Tara went started talking to him about restraining orders when Josh turned up. So first still, so he, I think he knew deep down something wasn't right there. But Maybe he had a bit of a soft spot for 
felt protective and he felt, you know, this knight in mm. shining armour type of thing. And I think he, he'd spotted something wasn't quite right in that why Josh Cohn had come to come to charm and it didn't seem to add up with yeah. everything. Yeah. And then all of a sudden Tara's asking about restraining orders and I think there was a little bit of... I kind of have it in my mind there was a scene where they were outside Tara's house I've got some documents for a restraining order or something and was just there's a little conversation there and I thought there's something more to, to this guy. Yeah, I think as well, um, Cone kind of represented a moral crisis for him. You know, I think he, because of how rigid he is in this idea that he's the law enforcer and all this kind of stuff, I feel like seeing someone abuse their power in the position of law enforcement must have really struck a blow to his concept of what authorities and laws are supposed to be and how they're supposed to defend people like what is the point of laws and law enforcement entities when people can use and abuse the system in this way when Tara is still vulnerable even though she's being followed if you like 24 7 by a law enforcement entity maybe he saw it through rose-colored glasses yeah it mm. compromises him completely and changes if, his perception and if you look at all the people that were were, were around him that were Law enforcement. We've got Josh Cole. We've got Unser, and then we've June Stahl as well. Yeah, and it's like so they're not exactly the the moral barometer. No, not at all. So then there was always also the um, the Fun Town episode quite early on. Yeah, yeah I was just thinking about that that conflict again he had because. You know, he was doing everything by the book, yet uh, Sam Crow were always ahead of him. And, uh, yeah, so he achieved what he wasn't able to do. Yeah. Because he had to do it legally. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was, that was quite a, an, early, an early exploration of quite a difficult, com- a difficult topic, wasn't mm. it? Mm. Um, yeah. That's what I really admire about Saturday, that he doesn't shy away from these very real and very gruesome realities. And I think we as the viewer as well, you know, as equally as we are disgusted by it, we feel a sense of real justice and victory when the Sam Crow men go in and give this gentleman his dues for what he's done yeah, to this child. Yeah. I think season two was, was really interesting for David Hale as well, that mm-hmm. all of a sudden, I think episode yeah. one, he meets his brother having coffee with um Zobel and Weston. Weston, yeah. And kind of introduces his brother, yeah. Yeah. Jacob, that's right. Yeah. And that so Hale knew of them at the part of the League of, League of American Nationalists. Nationalists. Yeah. 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 So he knew who they were and he knew that obviously they were not nice people. Which is the lesser of the two evils is is it the yeah, is it Zobel and his group, or is it yeah. the sons? You know, that that was quite a journey for him. And he was only in for just over two series, but I think he was absolutely used by by the league to yeah facilitate. Yeah, yes, he was such a shame because initially that first conf- uh, meeting, if you like, in that coffee shop. He totally rejected them. He walked out. He didn't want anything to recognise them for what they are. Didn't want anything to do with them. Totally rejected them. And and then it was as the season began to move on that, as you say, yeah, he, he made his choice and thought perhaps hmm, maybe they can help to get rid of Sam Crow. 
a really great character opposite David as well, because I think the sons and Jacob Hale both represent two very different ways of operating outside of the law and how they're looked upon differently in terms of white collar crime versus blue collar crime and that kind of thing. So, I mean, Jacob Hale is morally reprehensible. I'm sure we can all agree. But when he does it, he's manipulating lawmakers and city planners and he's using his wealth and he's using his influence and his connections. And that's kind of a celebrated or almost acceptable form of illegal behavior. You know, it's kind of the American dream self-made mentality where if you can use your smarts to get higher, then good for you. But, you know, when you think about Sam Crow, who are probably, you know, less wealthy, had less um, affluent he mm-hmm. realizes there's more than one type of criminal out there. You know, he has this idea that, you know, big business should be above board and should be morally accountable. But the reality is they're no better than the sons. The, the sons are more overt about it, I think. We talked a lot about um, when we thought Hale turned more from, sorry, more from the rigid to accepting there needs to be a bit of give and take with the, with the club. Um, which bit, which moment do you think kind of cemented him as being a lot more flexible. Jenna's rape, I think, when he found out. That's what I agree. Me think. The episode just now, yeah. I completely agree. Sure. And it was definitely that point when he learned about Gemma that he needed to, you know, he realised that he actually needed to cooperate, I think, more with Sam Crow than he'd yeah. ever thought he would ever do. Because that's something I don't think he ever would have ever planned ever. But suddenly things changed. I also think that he's got a bit of a, a skeleton in the cupboard because of his affair with Stahl. That somebody yeah. has got a batch of pin on him as a threat. So, yeah. you know, yeah. you start mm. your feet and kicking about, I know what you've been getting up to with her. So, yeah. Didn't Jack, Jack Did. walked in, didn't he? I remember. Got Big it. grin yeah. on Jack's face when he realises yes, what's it. going oh, on. And yeah. sir, I think, catches him as well at one point. He's like, am I interrupting? I think when do you arrive there was a that I'm gonna have to look up the episode but there was that line where Hale sat in the cell obviously really conflicted about I don't know if that's at the same time I can't remember if that's when he told him about Gemma I'm not sure but I know he was in real conflict exactly I feel like answer was flustered because he'd been told not to tell anyone and Hale confronts him he's like oh what, yeah, I think it right. was at a different and time he told and he kind him of, that, yeah, yeah, confers to him kind of in private, like, you can't tell anyone, but this has happened, but I need That's to right. tell Came someone. That's right, the office and told yeah, him. Yeah, 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 yeah. Shut the door behind him and said, and, and you've got to tell. Yeah, the, the, prison, the, the cell bit was when, oh, I remember, David Hale has gone down there to think because um, he really didn't know what to do about the whole ATF thing and style and sitting up mm. OP and he really didn't like that and he needed to tell, but he couldn't because it was, he was a policeman and that's when I sat down next to him and said that that badge you're wearing it ain't silver did you remember him saying something like that and yes yeah yeah, that was a big turning point there's something and that's a great line from Ansa saying that David has to be straight because to to protect the town because yes they need to can't be anymore you know he can't be that straight as a die over the table and Ansa says to Hale I need you to be this way and because of, of the way I, I am and you need to be different to me or something. There was some, there was some mm. it was like he was saying. It's Unser's guilt, I think. Sorry? It's like, don't make my mistakes. And also, can I just say, I applaud the visual storytelling as well with him feeling 
trapped in his situation between the ATF and Charming PD and the Suns <laughs> and him literally sitting in a prison like nice touch. I know that was so brilliant. Really <laughs> That's so subtle, isn't it? <laughs> Very. I love it. I love it. There. I love it. You accusing me of being in someone's pocket, you hypocrite son of a bitch. You've been on Clay's tit since you were a goddamn uni. He barks and you jump. Whole town knows it, chief of police. What a goddamn joke. Why do you think I chose you for my second? Hmm? A single-minded, self-righteous pain in the ass. You're the good guy. Okay, the clean one. I need you to stay that way. Otherwise, this whole department's a goddamn joke. So one of the things we're going to do each week is uh, create a top trump or a trading card for the character that we discuss. And we're discussing David Hale today. There are five categories which we're going to do. First category is brutality. Second category is intelligence. Third category is loyalty. Fourth category is street cred. And finally is likability. We're going to average out our scores and that will be the rating that we will give. Let's start with brutality for David Hale. The only time he fires his gun is in the final, in his final scene. Yeah, honestly, he only uses yeah, just force. Yeah, he just force. jumps out and can't fire back at the band, doesn't he? Or fires at the he doesn't believe in unprovoked violence, I don't think at all. I can't see that in him. Even though he gives off this kind of, kind of strong man persona, alpha male kind of <laughs> bullshit, he's not actively aggressive or brutal, I'd say. So what do we think about brutality? And I'm going to start with Wendy. Um, no, no particular order. I mean, for, whenever I think of David Hale, I, I, him and that word in the same phrase just don't fit for me at all. Never. Uh, I, I literally put zero. Sorry, I can't. I can't see where the brutality would come with him unless it's done to him. But if it's him dealing it out, no, definitely zero. Okay, Lee. I'm not. Sure. I gave it forty-five, but I've made it thirty. Maybe I'll give it thirty. What do you think? Has steered uh, you to that? Brutality is not necessarily to do with violence, but harshness of laying down the law. Not sort of stabbing people or being violent physically, but mm. you can be brutal with sort of being really strict about something and being really harsh about sort of the, the, the rules and yeah. Cool, thank you. And Holly? Uh, I've Got him at ten. I I don't think he's particularly brutal. I think brutal is the wrong word for him. But I don't think he's afraid of confrontation. And his death was pretty brutal. So I give him a ten. I, I I went for fifteen, and I think there was the way that his death was. It, it, there's no other word that I. Whenever I think about his death, I think brutal. And mm. I guess that's not him being brutal. But I mean, if it came to it, he's. I think he's got something in him. He's yes. got something in him that he would completely shoot at that van that was coming straight at him. Um, it might be, it could be courage rather than brutality, but I think for me, there's a, there's a little bit of something, something mm. there. Okay, and now intelligence. So Holly, you're up first for intelligence. He just kind of has that. Um, <laughs> how to put this? I was going to say himbo energy, but that's a bit too millennial, or not millennial, Gen Z. Um, 
he's kind of gives off the strong, silent type, kind of the uh, what's the word? The kind of guard dog almost. He's kind of like answers, go on, you do it. He is quite intelligent. He is quite subtle in his intelligence. Like he manages to suss out what's going on with his brother and his interaction with Zobel and Weston and about Gemma's rape. He's always on the case about trying to find out new details about that. He's on Sam Crow. But I wouldn't say he's overtly intelligent, for example, like Gemma quite clearly is. Um, so I'd maybe put him at a 40. Intelligence, I've given him 50. He's, he's intelligent, but maybe not in the right, right sort of intelligence. Maybe he hasn't got the sort of street smarts. He's too yeah. for that. That's his, you know, he doesn't think in those sort of way. He doesn't think in the sort of malevolent way that Gemma would think and Clay would mm -hmm. think. He's more clean cut. So, yeah. Yeah, I'd agree with that. There's, a, there's, a, there's one scene which, as a viewer, I knew exactly what was going on and I thought he should know when... I think it's Bell or Weston hands him an envelope yeah. and then he opens it and looks inside and you are obvious someone is obviously trying to fit you up here I don't know whether that's because I'm a cynical television watcher but there was something so contrived about the way that that occurred that it just looked like a bribe even though it was, a, it was a $50 voucher for the impeccable smokes or something wasn't it Is that Wendy sorry Oh, um, <laughs> I've gone the other way anyway. Um, I've sort of taken maybe in the literal sense because I, I reckon I think he is really intelligent. I've given him eighty, and the reason for that is I think he's quite reflective. I think um, he he did think things through. Um, he was always trying to do the right thing, and I I kind of like the way he used his intelligence to do that in his world and how he believed it. So he always remained true to himself. But yeah, no, I I, I I'm Sticking with that for me, I'd say 80. I reckon he's pretty lot of intelligence there, actually. I've, I've gone for 60, yeah, so I've kind of time. I've gone down the middle of you all. I've kind of gone right, yeah, <laughs> middle of the road. Let's not upset anyone on week one. Um, let's go for a, a, a 60. So next one is um, loyalty. So loyalty is an interesting one. And Lee? I've given him 75. Yeah, I, I, I just think he's, he's loyal to Charming. He's not necessarily very loyal to answer in the beginning, but he's, I think he's loyal to his job. Yeah, I think he's one of those sort of upright, decent, he wants to be loyal to the people that he serves. So, yeah, maybe he's, he's not loyal to the right people. Um, I scored him high on this one for loyalty. I gave him 90, actually, um, for some of the reasons that Lee's also given, too, because he was incredibly loyal to the town of Charming, the town he grew up in. In a way, I found him, I thought he was actually pretty loyal to, um, you know, the tellers, Gemma, in, in a way, mm. and Jack, because even though he didn't like Sam Crow and everything it stood for, it didn't stop him having those conversations. It's like he always had knew his roots. And there was a bit of loyalty there, I always thought. It was almost like giving them the heads up that he wasn't, even before he decided that actually, yes, he would try and um, help them. I don't know, some of the conversations, even the earlier conversations, you know, like when 
when uh, Jack's, he drew up beside Jack to those traffic lights. I think that was in, in the early days, actually. And he was, he was like warning Jack off, to be fair. But in a way, he was kind of, you know, up. yeah, it, was, it felt like that to me, as, as if it did go back to their roots when they were younger. Listen, when Gemma's in jail, I think was, was it when her and Clay had yes. the fight. Yes, yes. He talks about, I used to deliver papers to you. That was it. I always remember that, mm, that him yeah. being the paper boy. And there was that, yeah, yeah. yeah it was almost like, yeah, they're, they're my roots too. So I actually did find him quite, and I thought he was loyal to Unser as well. I know that there was they were very on different sides, but I don't think he ever believed Unser was um, a, a bent cop. He used to stretch it like anything, didn't he? But I don't think he ever believed he was truly bent. He knew that he they helped. Yeah, I mean, I think you both struck on something there by, you know, pointing out that loyalty is a very multifaceted thing. He's loyal to his job. He's loyal to charming. He's loyal to the people who grew up around, you know. And I can also imagine he was probably quite loyal in his relationship to Stahl, even though mm. she was deeply manipulative. So I came out the same as Wendy. I put 90. So I came, oh. I, went, I went with 80. So um, for, I think that he really is loyal, but it's misplaced sometimes. I mean, yes. that he's somebody who, that if he trusts you, he trusts, it's a, it's a hundred percent all in. Um, mm. And he is completely supports you, but I think he needs to be a little bit more careful about who he trusts. Because, a bit more streetwise. Yeah. It kind of bites him in the arse a bit too often. Okay. Next up. First of all, I called it coolness. And I thought that's like, so, Lame. So I thought, like, what about street cred? I don't think that's much better, but that's that's what we're that's what we've got. So, so I guess it's like when you grow up, do you want to be David Hale? Is that the kind of person that, as a teenager, <laughs> that you would look up to? So, how how much street cred does does David Hale have? And I've gone for seventeen, one seven. Mm. I think he's got yeah. Look up to him. He's an authoritarian. He's built like a. Like, that's that yeah <laughs> <laughs> you know there's a lot of look there is some things to look up to him about but he's a deputy police chief so he's not even the chief of police he wears that uniform which is not very like that like sandy brown kind of kind of colored and generally you know if I, if i was in a bar and there was a chance to hang out with pretty much anybody oh. else then you wouldn't you wouldn't stand and have a pint with um <laughs> be stiff as anything yeah. oh. you couldn't have a laugh with him i think that's no. why uh just to zhuzh up a little bit 23 i've decided to put him at <laughs> again like i think he has presence on the streets and because of the uniform he's afforded a certain level of respect a certain level of don't mess with me because you know there will be actual legal repercussions chances are but also yeah i don't think he's particularly streetwise he doesn't quite realize how far or how deep it goes um, with the mc and with the other mcs in the area and how all the politics work between them and i feel like if he tried to stride into one of the negotiations like jackson clay did over the years as president he might be laughed out of a room so 23 is where i'm sitting I'm pretty close to you actually Jim, I went for 16 uh, <laughs> and, and do you know why? Uh, one image in my head and I was trying to imagine if it, if it happened to David Hell and I thought no 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 it can't happen um, and there's, a, there's an image with Jack when, when he's going past on a motorcycle past these uh, young schoolgirls 
and um, mm. that it goes into slow motion and you just see the girls like wow and he sort of half smiles and then off he goes you know off he goes and I was trying to imagine now if that was there <laughs> I honestly no. don't think he would have got a second look and and, and that's what he was saying I just can't imagine him in any of those situations the sons get themselves into you know it's it's just no a little bit up from Holly getting 30 he Try to imagine him out of uniform. What would he look like? Mm. <laughs> Maybe. I think we've all, we all know what he looks like out of uniform. <laughs> you had to go there, Lee. You had to go there. <laughs> oh, you wouldn't kick sand in his face. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. Okay, and finally, we're going to talk about his likability. So David Hale. Well, um, again, it's all about opinions, isn't it? In my opinion, I actually scored him quite high. I gave him 84. Uh, I actually liked him. I liked his character. Um, I might not have thought he had a lot of street credibility, but there were so many other good qualities about him. I actually really liked him. I thought he was an honest, honest person. Um, I thought he was fair. Um, he didn't like injustice. That became really, really clear. And like for me personally, I kind of recognise that in people. I really admire that. Yeah, no, I've, I've, I think I've given him a worthy 84 in my world. I've given him a 65. Yeah, I, yeah, pretty, yeah do I, sometimes you might not like some of the, some of his rigid by the book stuff, but yeah, he's, he's okay. He's all right. He, he comes good in the end. Okay, and Holly? 32. Oh, you didn't like him very much. <laughs> I didn't get on with him. I think he reminded me too much of like... Um, asshole PE teachers and the kind of beat test I could just imagine him standing there like you know, I don't know why you're complaining this isn't there's no such thing as cold weather you know it's just inappropriate dress I could see him saying it something about the haircut and the stance and he kind of always talks on one level like he's slightly suspicious and I'm just like please just try and be more charismatic I feel like it'd be more entertaining talking to a brick wall sometimes and talking to him but like this is the thing he's really He's, he's you know he's law enforcement he's boring and he gives off PE teacher vibes bad column good column he's very fair and just in his thinking and his actions so he's redeemed by that he's likable by virtue of his behavior but PE teacher vibes are not good I went for 66 and I don't have a huge amount of feelings either way he's a really really important character and every, nobody seemed to dislike him Sam Crow saw him as an annoyance rather than a dislike. Like Holly said, there wasn't a huge amount in the likeable box as well. You can imagine, like, in the police academy, the clones oh of David Hale coming out, couldn't you? Yeah. On a production line. The diamond ding on the teeth. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He goes for whitening, doesn't he? Oh, you know it. <laughs> Okay, so the final stats for David Hale and the brutality is 14. Um, intelligence, 58. Loyalty, 84. Street cred, 22. <laughs> and likability, 61. So I think a very solid, probably above average, feels about right. Are there any final words or it's like Jerry Springer's final thoughts on, on, on David Hale? May rest in peace. <laughs> yeah. oh, you know what, Wendy? We're going to be saying that a lot. <laughs> oh, my. <laughs> oh, too true, too true. Oh, <laughs>
20 years down the road, would he have become answer? Yeah. It would have been interesting to see his development, but it was not to be. Yeah. I think uh, yeah, that would have been an interesting story with his brother. I think proto GI Joe with PE teacher energy is the last I'm going to say on that, to be honest. <laughs> I, I think we all know where your loyalties lie, Mr. <laughs> Holly. All that's left for me to do is say thank you to all of our guests. Um, so thank you to Lee. Thank you. And Holly. Thank you. And Wendy. Thank you. And if you want to get in touch with the, the podcast, you can um, follow us on or find us on Twitter at SOAUK podcast. Um, or you could contact any of our panel on the following handles. Lee? Uh, at Fanvida. Holly? At Holly Talarico, which is T-A-L-L-A-R-I-C-O and Holly with a Y. And Wendy? At Fizzy777. All right, so thank you very much, and uh, we'll see you next time. Bye.